Thank you so much for being a listener of the Deep Believer Show. We love our listeners, we pray for our listeners, and we love to hear from our listeners. So if you have anything you'd like to say, if you have any testimonies, or if you have any questions, leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Again, we would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for being a listener of The Deep Believer Show. Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer Bagnashi with Deep Believer. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, this time, I'm the one being interviewed. I had the privilege to converse with Greg and Rebecca Norman with the One Source Network on WUCC 99.9 FM out of South Carolina. So again, you get to learn a little bit about me, but on top of that, we discuss certain topics such as pride, identity, identity in Christ, why things aren't discussed in the church and so much more. So you're gonna to wanna to tune in. And again, after this video, please go out and look up the One Source Network. They're doing so many wonderful things for Jesus Christ. So stay tuned. And again, thank you so much for viewing the Deep Believer Show. And once again, we thank everyone this Saturday evening. You're listening to the One Source Network. The website is www.theonesourcenetwork.com. And we thank everyone who will be attending this broadcast. We're waiting for our guest, Jennifer. Bagnash, she to show up. And until she does, uh, let's see where the Holy Spirit will lead us. And we just have uh, Jennifer, if you could bring her on for a moment, Rebecca. Let's just keep her there. And we want to welcome this evening, we have with us Jennifer Bagnash. She, how are you, Jennifer? All right. And yourself, Greg? Good, good, good. Hi. It's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure (laughs) to meet you as well. God bless you too. God mm-hmm. bless you as well. Thank you. Yep. And Jennifer, that's my wife, Rebecca, there. So we're both grateful to have you on with us tonight. And uh, again, we're just going to wait for a few more moments. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're very excited because we know for sure, Jennifer, mm-hmm. that God has a selected you to do the work that you're doing. So it's a great honor when yes. you know you're really being in obedience to the work and the uh, dedication that it takes to build God's kingdom on earth. Praise and, God. Uh, again, uh, we're going to get going here. Let's recognize, too, right now, we're also airing live, Rebecca and Jennifer, on 99.9 yes. Yes. FMWUCC out of Willingston, South Carolina. We think pastor henry schaefer and sister schaefer yes. and once again this is going to be a very very in- interesting broadcast i really feel in my heart that guy god himself really aligned this rebecca this something that i heard prior to this broadcast i heard the words mm-hmm. prepare them so let's uh, bring jennifer on right now and for some reason i'm not supposed to do a formal type of introduction okay and uh, jennifer why do you think that god wants us just to be in the present moment with this broadcast before we go a little further on how you really built your relationship with god why is this broadcast totally trusting the holy spirit your broadcast right now 
Mm -hmm. with you yes because i truly believe where you are right now with your ministry is is not about you it's all about god so i feel like it's not a pride thing it's of let's bring all glory and honor to god and get that out to the world mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh there's very few i would say channels we follow and uh we met Earthquake Kelly mm -hmm. on your awesome channel. Guy. That was a really hot felt. That's the word. And Jennifer, if you sense that sometimes I'll hesitate, I'll hesitate because I want to surrender what I think I should be saying and allow the Holy Spirit to really speak. So if I take a moment to be still and I hesitate, I'm not doing it because I'm confused. I just want to make sure that, uh, what God wants to really say that through this broadcast will honor him. So what's your thoughts? And if you could tell or share with the listeners, Jennifer, a little bit about your story. Yes. Oh gosh. Well, how far do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> ah, my story. Okay. Let's see. Are we beginning from youth? Is that where you want to start? Wherever you feel. All right, let's start yeah, from you. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am the daughter of two ministers, Joyce mm -hmm. and Lorenzo. Um, my mother was first assistant to the pastor. Now she's an elder. My father, he's a reverend. So I grew up in church. I grew up, was born into a Baptist uh, church first. And gradually, my mother, she, um, she left churches only because she wanted more. She felt like she can go more. So the church she chose was actually a Pentecostal church. I had never been to a church like that before. You know, growing up in, the, in a Baptist church in Philadelphia, it's fun, it's lively. But when you go to a Pentecostal church, it's a whole different story. I mean, you're on mm -hmm. a whole different planet. And um, <laughs> I think I was about probably seven or eight years old when we first went to a Pentecostal church when we left. And um, oh, my word we saw miracles signs and wonders we saw demons cast out we saw the deaf hear and the blind see and mm -hmm. we saw people dance before the lord which i had never seen before but the amazing part is that i never questioned if this was real or not i feel like that develops mm -hmm. when you get older and you meet different people and you know seeds of doubt come in but i always it's like a knowing where i didn't question if this was real or not it was just as if this is the way it's supposed to be mm -hmm. and that was life for me so um so yeah so with that going to that church it actually built my faith so i saw what god could really do um even at the age of eight i got saved at the age of eight and then so right after is when we um departed and went to a pentecostal church and uh yeah so that was that and um i realized over time unfortunately that as you grow and as you meet different people in the church not everybody in the church i'm sure you know this as well and many people listening or watching not many people in the church have that relation and connection with god they don't have the faith that they're supposed to have so sometimes and a lot of the times well the bible says out of the mouth speaks the heart so sometimes when you hear people say certain things you hear that it's coming from what they're believing so when i would mention things or miracles that would happen i would sometimes hear adults say Oh Jennifer, but no, this is just something else. And I'm like, but not really. This is this is from God. And I knew this as a kid. Yes. So that so no matter mm -hmm. how many times, you know, adults and I was raised to respect adults and yes, ma'am, no ma'am, you know, all that. 
Um, but I learned that even though an adult was telling me one thing, one thing I knew was the power of God. So you couldn't separate that from me. And that's one thing I really encourage everybody listening and watching is that if you have little children or if you have grandchildren or if, even if you're a Sunday school teacher, if a child tells you something, listen to them. And if a child has faith, grow in that faith, faith, don't do anything to try to diminish that faith because mm -hmm. that's where they can mm -hmm. grow. And the Lord is very, um, very on where he says, do not harm my children. That includes their faith too. That includes their faith because if you hinder their faith, well, that could mess up them in the future. That could, you know, mess them up when they go to college and they're, you know, so all this stuff builds up. So listen to children. So I had that faith growing up. And eventually my, we moved to Connecticut from Philadelphia mm -hmm. after that. And I learned a whole lot. My faith grew in the Lord, but one problem. The Bible says that, um, if you know the word, this is, I'm pretty sure is in James chapter one or two. If you know the word, but is not a doer, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was. So, um, both my parents being ministers, I know the Bible up and down all around. I think I shared my testimony of that. I knew the Bible, but you have to live it. You can't just talk it. People are turned off by that. They really are. When you quote scripture all the time and you say this and that, the Bible says, the Bible says that. But there's nothing in your life that's reflecting it. Or if there's a homeless person on the street, you have money in your pocket and you know they're down and out. You can mm -hmm. tell them like, okay, mm -hmm. it's probably not going to go towards drugs. They're just really hungry, right? Mm -hmm. And you know you have the money and you'll just say, I pray for you. Give them some money. Buy them some food. Faith without works is dead. So you say you're going to pray for them. They're like, great, but I'm hungry. Great. Mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I, need, I need a jacket. To, you know, I need something. So you have to practice what you preach. And that's what I love the book of James. I'm all over the book of James because if anybody wants to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and to live the life, the true Christian life, I tell you the book of James is how to do it because it is the whole Christian structure. Mm -hmm. How you're supposed to live, how you're supposed to walk, how you're supposed to talk, and it's not overwhelming. It's not um it's not a judgmental feel either. It's just a I feel it's a notebook. It's a notebook and it's a guide on yes. what to do, how to live, and God will work with you. And and even if you don't have that faith, Jesus says, ask for it. I'll give it to you. I'll give you that faith if you need that built. All right. So as I'm continuing, yeah, so I was on, I was a religious nut. And I'm sure, I don't know if anyone's been to my channel on Deep Believer. That's my main um, start video where I was a religious nut on my way to hell. So I went to well, high school. Hey, Jennifer, oh, please, <laughs> please excuse me for this. Yes. Yeah. Please excuse me. Yes, I could. Uh -huh. You said you were a religious nut. Yeah. On your way to hell. Yes. Describe that. Please. All right. All right. Let's touch on this. All right. So I was a Christian whose parents were, you know, ministers. So I thought mm -hmm. I had it all together. I thought because because I was taught once saved, always saved. So with that, if I, I could do whatever I want, speak whatever I want, do whatever, and I would still go to heaven. But then there was a piece of me that I was I knew that that just didn't sound right. It just didn't seem like a just God. It just didn't seem right. So I didn't realize it. But when I was in high school, I would always tell people about Jesus. Because one thing about the Baptist church, they know how to get people saved. Baptists know how to do it. That's their main thing. Save, 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 which is awesome. But that's all I ever tried to do. I never showed that love and compassion for people, even though I was 
a Christian. And even though I love people, I, I can talk to people all day long, no matter where you are, whatever your skin color, especially if you're a different nationality or from a different country. Oh, I'm all over it. I just think you're the most interesting person. So anyway, so one day when I was in high school, I don't know if I was in 10th or 9th grade, um, I was in science class and one of my friends said to me, Jenny Jones, that was my maiden name, Jones. They said, Jenny Jones, you are so funny. And I said, what do you mean I'm funny? And she said, I'm pretty sure her name was Deshonda or something like that, Deshonda. She said, whenever somebody says to you um, they don't believe in Jesus, you just say, oh, well, you're going to hell. And they just died laughing. I mean, they were falling out of their seat. And I think they were laughing because when people laugh at things, it's because it's true. And they saw in me what I really didn't see in myself. And when they were laughing and falling out of their seat, cracking up, and it was a few other ones laughing because they agreed because they knew I was a crazy nut, but I was a likable crazy nut um, or religious nut. Um, I realized that, oh my goodness, I am how these people say I am. And this is how people see me. And when I thought about my life, and this is why, you know, the Bible says to examine ourselves, mm-hmm. judge ourselves yeah. first so God won't That's have to right. judge us. I realized I was who these people say I was and how I was. And I realized nobody ever came to me for prayer. No one ever came to me for advice on the word. None of that because I was scary to go to. I knew the Bible and I loved And it's so weird because it's sad to say, but it's, it's, a, it's as if I took pleasure in uh, attacking people with the Bible. And that's the religious spirit. And I truly that's believe right. with all my heart that when a person gives their life to Jesus, the devil is threatened by it. He is so threatened where he, the only way that he could, or one of the only ways that he could get us out of it is to make us into a Pharisee. And when I say a Pharisee, that means a person who basically knows the word, but don't live it and will judge anybody and everybody they can. That includes mm-hmm. God because the Pharisees did that too. So that's how I was. So I took that to heart that day that happened to me. And one day I had a dream and this confirmed, this confirmed everything. One day I had a dream and mind you, dreams are so real. If you read the book of J- uh, Job, I'm sorry, when you be- read the book of Job, I'm pretty sure chapter 33, it tells about the about dreams and how powerful dreams are and how the Lord gets us through dreams sometimes because we are just so busy with life or things get in the way he can talk to us most when when our conscience is down so i had a dream that i was joy riding in a car with two other friends i'm pretty sure it was two friends and mm-hmm. i was driving and as i was driving, it was nighttime and there was a brick wall in front and i said hey guys let's drive into this brick wall it was so stupid and <laughs> I drove into the brick wall and I saw the headlights and everything. Headlights hitting the brick wall and everything went black. Excuse me. I couldn't feel anything. I just, we just hit the wall and I was in a whole different place just like that. Mm -hmm. And I was in hell. It was a knowing. I was in hell being nailed to a cross and I heard doom, doom, doom. Mm -hmm. And on the sides of me was my hands being nailed to crosses, to, to a cross. I'm sorry. My nails was, my hands were being nailed to a cross. And the crazy part is, is that I knew I was in hell, but the room I was in was super bright, super bright. So I was wondering why I was there, but I knew Jesus was on the left side of me. I think the screen is like reversed, but Jesus was on the left side of me. Mm -hmm. And I said, Jesus, but Jesus, I love you because I knew he was there. I couldn't see him, though. Mm -hmm. I said, but Jesus, I love you. And he said, no, you don't. 
And it was just like that. And after that, I woke up. But when he said that, it broke my heart. It really broke my heart because I didn't know what to make of it. And it wasn't until a little while later, probably a few days later, I told a relative how, you know, I told him about my dream and how Jesus said I really didn't love him. And this person, <laughs> she went crazy. She said, Jesus would never tell you that. He would never, God doesn't talk like that. Well, <laughs> the instant, it was just like, as if the Holy Spirit, which more than likely was, the Holy Spirit specifically, basically opened up the truth to me that it was actually true. Jesus is not a sugar coater, which is why they killed, one of the reasons why they killed Jesus, because he told things like it was. He told mm -hmm. things like it is. He was not sugar coating. He didn't make things, you know, sound um, better than what they were or, or worse than what they were. He was very direct and he told me the truth i didn't love him and that was the day that changed my life forever because i realized yeah. i have to truly love jesus christ mm -hmm. and then with loving jesus christ i had to love people and loving people is not damning and damning them to hell because that is not our position and that is not our place to do so that was that and i was a, and from there i just changed i had to love on people and then after that People started, would you believe, asking me for prayer, asking me for advice. What church do I go to? All this and all that opened up when I truly received, received the love of Christ. It's one thing God gives us love all the time, but we have to receive it. So I received the love of Jesus Christ. Um, so there's that. I was a religious nut. Not anymore. I may be a nut, but not a religious nut. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So from there, I learned how to walk. In the glory of god where times where miracles miracle signs and wonders would occur where i because i knew the power of jesus christ because i knew that um i knew that whenever there was a person who was under the influence uh, of demons i i had the power to you know cast them out for instance me and my friend uh, I, I put this in my book i saw god last night uh, my friend we went to amusement park one day and she and I were on rides and all that. And where we lived, we lived in, in a small town called Middletown, Connecticut. It sits right there in the middle of the state. So I think that's why they call it Middletown, Connecticut. So mm -hmm. it, was, it was not in the middle of the night, but we got home around eight o'clock and it was dark enough because it was fall. So we hop on the bus. And when we hop on the bus, this, I guess, boyfriend and girlfriend walk on and they're in their late 20s. I'm thinking late 20s, early 30s. And in that town, because it was so small, it was as if, you know, I always thought, and I, I was newly there, I was only two years in, so I just thought everybody in the town knew each other. So this guy gets on the bus, and he sits next to my friend. So we're up front, the bus driver's right here, my friend is right here, and I'm on the other side, so we can look at each other. And this guy, he's sitting next to her, and he puts his arm around her. So I'm thinking, oh, this must be your cousin. <laughs> and I saw her face, and I'm sorry, his girlfriend went to the back of the bus. So I saw her face, and she looked really uncomfortable. So I mouthed to her. I said, do you know him? And she said, no, I, I don't know who he is. I really don't know who he is. So he started touching her. And 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 I'm like, Lord, do something. Because the bus driver was doing nothing. He didn't do anything. And I was getting so angry. Mind you, I'm 17 years old. Scrawny girl, what, probably 100, 105 pounds. Couldn't do much physically. The bus driver did nothing. So I said, Lord, use me. Use me for what you can use me for. And all of a sudden, the power of God just came over me. 
And I looked that guy in the eye because he was touching her. And I said, hey, you, in the name of Jesus. And I looked directly into his eyes because I knew it was the eyes, you know, where you can speak to the spirit that's inside of him. So I said, in the name of Jesus, you get off that girl right now. I know who you are, devil. And I called them out and I said, I loose you in the name of Jesus. Leave this girl alone. And right at that instant, this man sobered up like that. This man detoxed. And I'm telling you, when I say drunk, he was slurred and couldn't mm -hmm. even stand straight. This man became the most articulate person probably in the, in, in the town. He just, he just said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I really didn't mean any harm. And I'm like, who is wow? Mm -hmm. The power of God is so great. He could detox yeah. somebody in a second. Mm -hmm. So he goes, he goes back and sits with his girlfriend and his girlfriend is like, uh-oh, you done done it now. Because <laughs> she knows, you know. So anyway, just the power that we have in Jesus Christ, we can cast out demons we can heal the sick we can raise the dead but the thing is you have to have faith the bible says faith without works is dead and then the bible even goes on to say that if you have faith i'm sorry but if you pray and doubt it's as if it's to no effect so we have to live out live out what we preach we have to live out what we believe you know you can't just talk it you have to be about it jennifer yeah. and yeah. once again please excuse me you're yeah. saying some very very wise and important things to, to the body of Christ. But what I'm sensing in my spirit now, there's many in the body of Christ, even ourselves, being Christians, we know the word, like you said, we do things to edify the body by helping others. But sometimes we're learning about Christ mm -hmm. and we have hardened hearts. We can't face rejection. We're talking the word, but we've been wounded mm -hmm. because our hearts are closed. What do you think about the closed heart? It's an area in our lives that it's really not being spoken about because we have to go inward. We got to begin to really share our stories. Mm -hmm. Why do you think the open heart is not being discussed in ministry? A very good question. Oh, wow. That is a great question, actually. I truly believe, and it goes deep, I believe that the reason why it's not being discussed, because it's it, it's literally not being discussed from the pulpits and is not being discussed in the church, because a lot of Christians have a facade where everything mm -hmm. is so perfect. You're at church. Every, God yeah. bless you. How are you? You know, good and well. People don't talk like that. You know, if you really want to bless somebody, you bless somebody. You bless them. You, it's just the, the, the facade of seeming perfect all the time. It's not normal. We live on planet Earth. This Earth is a fallen planet. So it's that it's almost an, even a pride thing where we really need to open up. And remember how the Lord says, confess sins one to another? We need to be realistic with that. It's a pride, it's a pride issue. Uh -huh. It's mm -hmm. a pride issue. And it's something that needs to come out where I'm hurting too. I've been there before too. And when you do that, you break down the walls that the enemy has up. And with that, that you can true. open them up and say, that the is Lord true. can deliver me from this. I, I, I can be free now. But you bottle that up. Everybody thinks you're perfect. So guess what? A lot of times when people think your life is perfect, they're not going to pray for you. They're not going to pray for you. People are just like that. Some mm -hmm. people do pray, like you have prayer committees and, you know, you have your grandmother or your mother or, your, you know, whoever, they'll pray. But if a person thinks your life is all together, a lot of times it's sad people will not pray for you. So mm -hmm. confess your sins one to another. And that's not standing up in the middle of the church telling everybody what you did because, you know, church folks are. They can, they can judge you all. They, they won't forget what you did, too. 
But um, that means go to somebody. Go to somebody who you feel confident in or you can confide in and say, I've done this and I really need your help. It doesn't mean going in front of a crowd like a lot of people do. And then, you know, that religious spirit in many people rises up. Mm -hmm. No, go to that person. You tell them, OK, I I've done this. I need help. I need you to pray for me. So when you break down those walls of pride, I'm mm -hmm. telling you mm -hmm. that faith will rise up because your faith is going to go and grow in Christ. Because when you have certain strongholds on you, it's it's like a stumbling block. It's like it's like here's a root and and here's concrete. And the concrete is pride. I'm telling you, pride will do so much. The Bible says pride comes before great destruction. It's not even a mighty fall. Pride comes before destruction. Mm -hmm. it does not, not fall. Okay, destruction. Mm -hmm. So you want to be a root on good soil. We can pop up and grow. But when you have pride blocking you and you really want something to happen, you really want to break through, but you've got that pride right there and everybody's acting like they're so perfect and hunky-dory where you're not going anywhere you're going to stay religious you're going to stay where you are not seeing mm -hmm. breakthroughs in your life because you have not let go of pride and i've had to do that and so many other people have to do that we have to be real with ourselves we're not perfect people so that's all we need mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. do that you know mm -hmm. and i really we thank you for mm -hmm. being real with us mm -hmm. uh jennifer because once again for those who are just tuning in we're live also on 99.9 FM out of Willingston, South Carolina, WUCC. And uh, Pastor Henry really is doing a lot of work in the kingdom, uh, uh, tremendous work. And uh, let me take a moment here, uh, Jennifer, and see what I'm sensing. Go ahead. Yeah, and I just wanted to uh, just say that along with that wounded heart, it's very difficult to, to receive um, knowing that Christ loves you. That's a that can be a, a, a strong challenge for a lot of people because when you're wounded, how, it's like how can you uh, accept that Jesus loves you? Wow, hon, and you said something, and we'll get right back to Jennifer. Mm -hmm. What a lot of people can't accept. I'm going to put aside a lot. I remember when I had struggles mm -hmm. accepting well. love, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. to me, love meant abandonment. Someone who's going to love me down the road, I may get abandoned. Yes. I may be left alone and mm -hmm. all of a sudden the isolation and just the, the, the mere fear. They're going to hurt me. They're going to hurt me. Mm -hmm. And, and men, hurt people hurt other people. That's correct. And mm -hmm. men, that's a part of men that I think we have to really begin to address that we get hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, we suffer sometimes rejection, abandonment. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're in groups that we may not be welcomed. Mm -hmm. But when we're real with ourselves, like Jennifer said, then all of a sudden the freedom to share freedom. who we truly are mm -hmm. begins to emerge. Yes. So Jennifer, just before the, uh, the broadcast, and once mm -hmm. again, we're honored Yes. That God is using you because your ministry is helping so many people. I heard the words prepare them. Mm -hmm. Now in your spirit, you shared a little bit about your testimony. You have a lot of biblical knowledge and we do feel your heart. What do you think God is sharing with the people now, the listeners? Prepare them. Mm. Prepare them. I truly believe that God is saying right now, 
right now, where we are right now is to get closer to him for mm -hmm. a reason. I don't know what the reason is, but I've been feeling this ever since what, January 1st of this year. Get mm -hmm. so close to him that nothing can separate you from him. Get mm -hmm. so close to him that your every thought should be about pleasing him, getting closer to him. I don't know why, but you know, God, well, I know why, but God is our shelter and he'll protect you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm walking in life now. And, you know, we learned this over time where we must trust God with our days. The Lord says that, I don't know where in scripture, but the Lord says how we make our plans, but God really plans our days out. And mm -hmm. um, if we let him in the, in the, 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 the steps of the righteous man are, ordered by God that the, you can make plans. And I, I'm telling you every day I have to do this, make your plans for the day, whatever business you have, family, whatever you plan for that day, but I'll allow God to take over. There's been times when I've had to hire people. And one thing they've always said to me, which is pretty complimentary. Uh, they said, Jennifer, I like working for you because you let me do my job. Because here's the thing, I don't know how to do their job, which is why I hire them. And that's how we are with God. We don't know how to do God's job. We ask God to do something for us, you let him do it. You wouldn't tell a brain surgeon, if you're, say, a school teacher, you wouldn't tell a brain surgeon how to operate on somebody. So you let God do his job. Mm -hmm. But prepare them, prepare them, get ready. I don't know what God's going to do, but I truly believe that something huge is going to happen. But prepare them, get close to God. I mean, seriously, not a religious aspect. It can't be here. It has to be here. God communicates through spirit. He can, So God's a spirit, you're a spirit. I know I hear a lot of people say, God spoke to me in my brain. Well, one thing I know for sure, every time God spoke to me, he spoke to me in my spirit because he's a spirit and I'm a spirit. And when we get to heaven, spirit, we're spirit beings. So that's how God speaks to us. You get close to him, go to him for advice. And I hate when people say, Oh, there's nothing left to do but pray. No, prayer is supposed to always be your first resort. And all prayer is is talking to God, and he'll talk back. We hear a lot of people say, you know, I, talk, I try to talk to God, but I don't hear him. Well, sometimes when we don't hear him, sometimes it's being blocked off by um, things that we're doing in our life that we need to repent of. But there's also times when God is testing us, too, where we're not hearing from God, but it is a test. How much do we trust him? The Bible says he's always near. He's near to He's near to the wounded or brokenhearted, like you were saying um, earlier. He's near to us. He's always here. He's not going to leave us. But sometimes it's it's a test, and sometimes it's blocking blocking blockages in our life that we don't realize it's blocking. Say if it's by the things you're watching on TV, you know not you know you're not supposed to be watching. As in, I'm off. I'm telling you, horror movies, horror movies. You will open up a door that you will wish you could close. And then when you try to close it, the devil try to attack you. That's why you have to be close to the Lord. Uh, if you're into yoga, this is a huge thing right now. And yoga is a religion. And if I could just get into yoga really quickly, there are Christian churches who are doing yoga. Pastors are promoting it. There's no such thing as Christian yoga. If you were to speak to a person in the Hindu religion who is, say, of a um, of high stature, who is very keen on yoga, they'll tell you that they're offended. Try me. Try try anyone. I I, I, I tell anybody out there, speak to anybody who is into, uh, who's a Hindu and a devout Hindu. Ask them, how do you feel about people treating yoga as exercise? They will tell you it is offensive because this is how we worship our gods. This is how we worship our God. So when you're doing stuff like that, 
you are worshiping other gods. So you're asking the Lord Jesus Christ for help. But at the same time, you're worshiping other gods and not even realizing it. But the Bible says that my people perish due to lack of knowledge. That's why it's good to get, it's good to speak to people. It's good to speak to different people who are not like you. So you can learn things. A lot of people stay in their Christian bubble and my little Christian crowd, you can't do that. And you have to go out and meet people so you can learn what other people believe and how they think. And then with that, you can learn from them, but they can learn from you and they can see the love of Jesus Christ, which is how a lot of people come to Jesus Christ because they see the Jesus in you. So prepare, 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 get as close to God as possible. I don't know what he's going to do, but I've been feeling this for so long since the 1st of January, 2022, January 1st, you need to get close to God as if he is your everything, everything. Mm -hmm. Once, yeah, mm -hmm. we thank you for sharing that, uh, Jennifer. And I'm going to take a moment here because I'm sensing something in the spirit. And uh, Rebecca and Jennifer, as Re Jennifer was speaking, hun, I'm hearing that many people in the body of Christ don't know how to listen. You know, there's two aspects of listening. Sometimes I myself listen to reply, already formulating a answer in my head. But there's a difference when you listen with your heart, your soul. And I sense Jennifer, could you share with the listeners the difference from listening with the heart compared to listening with the mind? Well, that's a good one. This is in James 2. You are right on it, Greg. I tell you that much. All right. So James, I'm pretty sure James chapter 1 or 2, it touches on be slow to anger and be slow to speak. Yes. And a lot of times we listen not to learn, but we listen to respond. So one thing we have to do is learn to shut our mouths. One God had to tell me that because I like the, you know, women, we like to do stuff like that. Well, be quiet, listen, and learn. And another part is humility. We oh. have to realize that we have to humble ourselves. We're not, we're not perfect. Um, even though you're a Christian and you have titles, nobody cares. Sorry, I'm going to be honest. God, there's no titles in heaven, but shout of God for you. Um, <laughs> but um, we need to humble ourselves. And give it titles I could care less. I'm telling you, I worked for a guy. He was, he was on, he was on all these huge stations. Like oh, I was on CNN and Fox News and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay. And he hired me to do work for him. And I really didn't care. So I was in his office one day and he was telling me everything that he wanted to do. And I no problem. Whatever he wanted me to do, I would execute it for him. Okay. But when he kept bragging about, you know, every channel that he's been on and all this stuff, I'm like, I really don't care. I just want to work for you. I don't, am I supposed to be praising you? No, you're not Jesus. So this guy says to me, turns around to me and he says, he swivels in his chair. He turns to me and he says, you're right there. He says, I don't think you know who I am. 
And I just looked at this man and I'm holding my lips like that. Jesus, I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll do the work to, to, to the best of my ability, but you're not Jesus. I don't care. I don't care who you are. My question is, do you know who you are? Because you, Ooh. any of those titles away, you have no idea who you are. So with with that, we have to humble ourselves because titles, I'm telling you, people in churches, I'm sorry, I don't mean a random church because I love church, but a lot of people get titles in church because it's hard for them to accomplish things in the corporate world. So when they get these titles in church, it makes their head big. But guess what? If you get a title in church, that means you have a job to do. It's not because you're bigger or better than anyone else. God gives you a job to do. If you're called to be a pastor, you're supposed to pastor, lead the sheep. If you're an evangelist, you're supposed to go out, spread the gospel all over the world. If you're a janitor in the church, your job is to keep that church clean so everyone can feel comfortable comfortable, and, and, and everything is sanitized when you get into the church. If you're called to be an usher, you usher people, lead them. Everybody has a position, which is why Jesus says that I am the vine, you are the branches. Is that how it goes? Yeah, I am the vine, you are the branches. So Everybody has a job to do. No one is better than anybody else. No one is That's bigger than anybody else. You just do your job. Your title doesn't mean anything. It just means you have work to do. That's all mm-hmm. it means. And the work that you do is called for you. The work that that person does is called for them. Mm-hmm. So therefore, guess what? If you're trying to hinder somebody or if you're jealous of their anointing, mm-hmm. all of this is going to hinder you. Because if a person is jealous of another person's anointing and they try to stop them, What the Lord usually does, I've seen it time and time again, God will just find a better way for that person to excel. Mm -hmm. That person will just be like, oh, my gosh, what happened? I have no control. No, you have no control because it wasn't for you to put your hands on in the first place. Mm -hmm. So humble yourself. Stop worrying about titles. Stop worrying about who you think you are. You got to know who you are in Jesus Christ and you won't have these these um, humility issues. Mm -hmm. And I think you bring Mm -hmm. up a very. Good point, uh, Jennifer. Uh, my wife and I and the people very close to us, mm-hmm. we don't think titles are important. Not at all. I think when you function in the spirit and you truly release the attachment to having a title, God will make them aware of who you are and your role. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we're attached to a title because of our or my own insecurities. Mm-hmm. But when you're when a title isn't important and you're really there to please the Father, now you're functioning and you're gonna really follow and be in his obedience. And to us that's so yes, so important. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, how important is it to be in God's obedience? Not man, but God's obedience. It's everything. It's everything because when you're in his obedience, you know how the Bible says, I walk through the shadow, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're walking. So imagine like you two are walking down the street, having your, you know, um, uh, evening walk and the sun is still out just a little bit and you see your shadows walking along. That's just what it is, a shadow. So when you're walking, you have shadows around you of death, but God promises it won't touch you. But this is when it, you're in walking in obedience when you are in it. Your obedience is protection. I, I truly believe this, that when you are walking where God wants you to walk, even though you, you encounter trials and, and tribulations and all these different things, they are shadows of death. They're not death. They're shadows of death where it will not harm you. Your faith 
and everything must be there, must be present. You must do what he calls you to do. And when, and when God tells you to do something, it's an order, but it's not a stern order. It's there to protect you. God doesn't tell you to do things because he's because he's God. You know, he does things because it's for your well-being. Everything he tells you to do is for your well-being, not not to toot his horn and not to mm -hmm. just be militant, but mm -hmm. it's to help you out. So when God tells you to do something and you do something else, you're not in the will of God. So when you're not in the will of God, that protection isn't there because you're not even where you're supposed to be, which is a perfect example of Jonah. God tells Jonah to mm -hmm. go and, 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 and tell the people of Nineveh to repent. And Jonah's like, no, I'm just going to go in a boat and float off somewhere. And he does. And they're like, why are you here? You're making us, you're, you're, you're putting all of us in, putting us in danger. And mm -hmm. we're going to die because of you. So they toss him off a ship, you know? So, but then he realized, oh, darn it. I need to obey God. And then he goes there and things are fine for the people of Nineveh, but he's still complaining under a tree. You know, so mm -hmm. the key is walk in obedience. And God, I'm telling you, I can promise you this. This is how Jesus works. When you walk with him in obedience, because the Bible says that when you walk in rebellion, rebellion, it's as witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And that's the mm -hmm. truth. The Bible says it. It says rebellion is as witchcraft. So if you're not in obedience, you're in witchcraft. Mm -hmm. How can God's hand be on you if you're doing witchcraft, right? So just walk in the lord you have to and what do i mean by walking the lord commune with him he's not far away people like to look up oh lord he is right here if you're if you're a child of god god is right here with you jesus holy spirit lives inside you to begin with mm -hmm. and he's mm -hmm. right here talk to him i mean like people just think he's so far away but he's really not far. he's right here waiting he is a he's a man of communication people wonder you know how are these people so extroverted sometimes well i truly believe that comes from a gift of Holy Spirit. And that's God's personality. All the good things that you see in other people is God's personality. You know, mm -hmm. all the good things come from God. That comes from him. So that's his personality. He loves to talk. He loves to talk to you. He may be a man of few words, but he loves mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So just be in him. Be and in him. We just got a response from Marilyn. She yes. agrees. She said, amen. Yes. yes. And uh, once again, Sister <laughs> well, Grace also agreed, amen. And uh, let me do a station announcement here. You're, we're live on WUCC 99.9 FM out of Willingston, South Carolina. We thank Pastor Henry Schaefer and Sister Schaefer. Mm -hmm. And for the next five minutes or so, if you don't mind, uh, Jennifer, and I really believe this is a very, very important topic, along first and foremost, knowing the gospel, the truth about who Jesus is and was on earth, but it's about deliverance. Mm -hmm. It's about can a Christian absolutely have a demon? And I want to first acknowledge for anyone out there who is really seeking help, yes. you have Jennifer mm -hmm. Ministry, but Spiritual Freedom Network, is it, honey? Yes, it is. I mean, Let Pastor, me just put that up. yeah, if you could please. Mm -hmm. Jennifer, and once again, we, we thank you with our heart. You yes, know, it's indeed. not merely words because mm -hmm. as we uh, really understand who Christ is, we have these special moments. You know, in another 20 minutes or so, this moment is gone. And there's certain lessons that I can learn. You know, I always want to make sure I'm teachable. 
to me and my wife, that's very important to be teachable mm -hmm. because sometimes my wife will teach me something in my stubbornness, my pride will cause a little uh, hard headedness. I would and say. vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> so, we understand what it is to be humble, but yes. Jennifer, in your opinion, can a Christian, someone who prays, they're devoted, they fast, can they be influenced by a demon still? Absolutely. Let me give you an example. The Pharisees. <laughs> um, <laughs> they would pray, oh, Lord, thank God I'm not like them. I fast all the time. I pray and all this stuff. But did they have a demon? They were oppressed by demons. Why? Because they were judging Jesus. How can you judge Jesus? Come on now. Um, now, but a person, a Christian cannot be possessed, which means a devil encounters their body, invades their body, and make them do things that they have no control over. If you speak, mm -hmm. if you ever witness a person who was demon possessed, or if you uh, heard from a person who was demon possessed, they'll tell you, I could see what was happening, but I had no control over my body. That can mm -hmm. happen because Holy, that can happen in a Christian because Holy Spirit lives inside. But a Christian can be oppressed, meaning if you do mm -hmm. something, and it's it's all by us. <laughs> you know, Jesus promises protection for under Him. But if we usher things in that we're not supposed to be ushering, and even sometimes we bring things into our house or into our atmosphere, or we allow ourselves um, to be in situations we're not supposed to be in. We could, mm -hmm. that's legal right. It gives the devil legal right over our lives to be with us, to do certain things. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I just got distracted by someone in the room. But, um, yeah, so a, so a Christian can be oppressed, which means um, they could, say, fall into poverty. They can fall into poverty. They could um, have, may I have it over here? Um, they can fall into poverty. They can... Um, have a spirit of rejection on them where um, they were always used to things being their way all the time. And then all of a sudden doors just keep closing and they're like, I've always been with you. I've always um, wanted, or I'm sorry, I've always um, had things when I wanted them. Now nothing is going right. Mm -hmm. Sorry, mm -hmm. my light just fell. <laughs> mm -hmm. could, you, could you fix this light? I'm sorry. I have someone oh, in the room. Right. Hey, Jennifer, we like real. So yes. Oh, and it's falling again. Be, you see that? <laughs> I'm sorry. For a minute there, Jennifer, I had a question. What's going on in your studio? <laughs> I'm sorry. The light just fell on us. Okay. Let's see. Is it sturdy? It's going to fall. Once again, we're here uh, this evening with Jennifer... But Nash, she am I candid. everything is candid. Okay, it's good. Thank you. Am I saying your last name correct? Bagnash, it's Italian. My husband. Oh, Italian. okay, okay. And we we welcome uh, Jennifer's husband. Hello there. Yes, hello. Because I, I I know for sure you know partnership, relationship, marriage is a ministry. Amen. Uh, that's for another Absolutely. time period, and that is truly a topic that should be discussed. But. Amen. Anyways, uh, continue, uh, Jennifer, where you left off. Okay, so yeah, so a Christian can be oppressed, where oppression is things holding you down. It feels like, um, you know, you just can't 
break through from certain things and you feel like mm-hmm. you're always being attacked all the time. And some, a lot of people, you can see it on them where, you know, they're Christian people, they love the Lord, but for some reason, things just keep falling apart in their life. That's a type of oppression. And so a Christian can absolutely be oppressed. And how to be free of that is you have to completely, like we went to, like we talked about earlier, humble ourselves. You have to humble mm-hmm. yourself and say, Lord, whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing wrong, wipe it out. Expose it. Examine. I'm examining my heart. Like the Bible says to examine your heart. Examine your heart and say, Lord, I give you my life now. It means when you give, when you say Jesus, because a lot of people have become Christians but not given their lives, meaning you are now Lord. What does Lord mean? Ruler. Ruler over my life. And it, when you trust, you can't trust. And a lot of a reason why a lot of people really can't fathom Lord or don't understand Lord is because they compare it to a human being as Lord. Oh, I mean, Lord, whatever. Kids know Lord Farquaad, you know, but Lord means I will take care of you. I tell you what to do. I will cover you. I, I will just make sure you're t- taken care of. So when he's Lord of your life, he's not going to he's not going to lead you in a, in a, into a direction that would make or cause you to stumble. He wouldn't. Mm-hmm, do that. Mm-hmm. He may. Uh, mm-hmm. No, go ahead. I interrupted. I'll I'll keep this thought. Mm-hmm. OK. OK. Yeah. He may allow things to happen. But even when you're even when things are happening, Jesus says, count it all joy when things mm-hmm. seem like they're falling apart or, or when you come into trials of, of different kinds. Because this is making you stronger in the Lord. But to be completely free of this, you have to humble yourself and realize you're not perfect. Realize that, okay, you are, you may be doing something wrong. Or even it could be generational issues where you have to repent for the things that's happened in your family line. So those yeah. things also. So things you have to be, and, and it's not impossible. People like to say, oh, it's just, this is just the way it is. That's not true. Not everything is just the way it is. God can change any situation for the good. There's nothing that's impossible. The world don't understand it, which is why they say this is just the way it is, or it's impossible. This is the way, you know, this will never change. It's not true. Mm-hmm. God will take yeah. any bad situation. Mm-hmm. He can He can put heaven and earth for you. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something that is very important, Jennifer. You mentioned the word how to surrender, how to submit to God. I believe the ones who really surrendered are people who really went to hell and back. I think as we enter a relationship, a marriage, you know, there's a lot of people out there who may believe you meet the person that God assigned you to meet. You know, there's no challenges. Mm -hmm. But I will share one thing. When you meet the person that God has assigned to you for his ministry, those fears that you suffered in the past, they're going to surface. They're going to come up, not to harm you, but to show you that we're still wounded. What's your thoughts, Jennifer? That's very true. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, there are times when you will encounter um, situations like that. But when you do have those points where you're still wounded, this is where, like you said, surrender. Get your hands off. We get our hands off of the situation where we're like, Lord, I there's nothing left I have to give. And I've been hurt before. I've been wounded. And, you know, I'm fearful because walls are being put up. And then mm-hmm. when you think that you're fine and then all of a sudden, like you just said, how the fears rise up again. How do you handle it now? 
You know, we are soldiers in Jesus Christ. And I know it sounds cliche because people say it all the time. But when you're a soldier in Christ, you come, you will come against, you will come against your fears. I mean, like if, mm -hmm. if you talk to anybody, my husband is a veteran. When you come across people who, who've been in battle, their worst fear will come before them. It will always happen. If you're out mm -hmm. to battle, you're going to find it. What do you do with it? What do you do with that? Will that fear overtake your life? No, because God has not given us that spirit of fear. So you have to know where fear comes from. So if if mm -hmm. if that fear rises up again, you have to realize this is not from God. So what do you That's do? Right. God gave you power over that. Mm -hmm. You have the power to denounce and rebuke that fear and tell them you don't belong to me. You are That's the enemy's tool. So when you're working with the enemy's tools, guess what? He has full control of certain situations because you're working with his tools. You can't cast the devil out if you if you're working with his tools. But then you work with God's God's tools. So you have faith. You have the power through speech. The Lord allowed you to speak. You speak things as those you speak things that are not as though they were. And you speak to that situation. And the devil has to listen to you if you are walking with the Lord and you know the power of Jesus Christ. You command that spirit of fear to cease in jesus name that is no law that is not a part of me it is no longer a part of me and then you speak i am a person of faith now i am a person who is a child of god and i cannot walk around with the devil's tools yes mm -hmm. things have happened to me in the past but guess what if you keep looking in the past while you're driving if you keep looking in that rearview mirror what happened you're going to crash so guess what that's your testimony. That fear now mm -hmm. that you had, you share that testimony. I used to be afraid. I used to have that fear, but I no longer have it again. You want to know how to have faith instead of fear? I walk with Jesus Christ. That's what you tell them. I walk with Jesus Christ. And even mm -hmm. though I walk through the shadow of death, it's a shadow. It's not touching you. It may be there. Even though I walk through the shadow of death, the Lord will protect you in every last thing you do. We, we have hurts. And my pastor likes to say, there's no church. I'm sorry. There's no hurts like church hurt, for instance. Mm -hmm, no yes, hurts mm -hmm. like church. You can get so hurt in church. And a lot of mm -hmm. people don't go to church sometimes anymore because they've been hurt so wounded in church. Well, why, why is it church per se? Because we expect more from one another. As children of God, we expect more. But we have to realize no one is perfect. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... We have to forgive one another, and it comes with forgiveness. And I'm telling you, unforgiveness is one of the most dangerous things that we have or, or that a person can possess. Because when you have unforgiveness, well, guess what? Unforgiveness grows into bitterness, and bitterness grows into hate. Come on now. Like, you have all these, all these different things that you're working with that's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse because you're holding on to unforgiveness. And then that even lines along with the fear. So I'm fearful that this may happen again. That may happen again. But it's a different situation. So next time you're like, okay, God's in this now. I'm putting God in this. My hands are off. Your hands, my hands are out the way. There's nothing I can do now. There's nothing I can do. God did not give me the power of this situation. So I'm giving this to God. I'm giving this situation to God. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. fear doesn't have to be a part of us. Okay. And I just saw your microphone moved there for a moment. Well, uh, I hope you're, was that a spirit or was that you? That was my right hand. There? I'm telling oh, you, I talk with my hand. That's <laughs> my Italian side, I guess, but I just, okay. I it. <laughs> okay. So Jennifer, we have about five minutes left. Could you share with the listeners here 
a little bit about your channel and how can they find you? Sure. My channel is called Deep Believer. Um, and I created this channel because, as I was well, yeah, as I was saying earlier, when you walk in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you walk in him, there's nothing God can't do. And a lot of, I don't know about the rest of the world, but I can only speak for America. Um, a lot of American churches do not preach anymore miracles, signs, wonders, and deliverance. It's just not preached a lot anymore. So I created this channel to let the world know, not just America. America needs it so bad, but I'm sure a lot do also. Mm -hmm. But um, we need to know that God is the God of now, and he's still active. When I would tell people about Jesus Christ and the miracles that would happen to me, the main people who would give me resistance weren't the unsaved. It was the church folks. It was mm -hmm. the church people who would give me so much resistance. They would laugh. They would gossip. And I just knew. I said, I said to myself, it's not me. It's them. Because I know the word of God. And I know what God says is true. And I know that he's still active. And I know that he still does what he says he's going to do. But when I would tell an unbeliever, they would run to Barnes Bookstore, Barnes and Noble Bookstore and get a Bible. So and then they would even share with me miracles that they've experienced and how nobody believed them. So these people have experienced this supernatural and have been scared to tell people. And even mm -hmm. Christians have experienced supernatural things and have been scared to tell people. But one thing I learned is that when you open your mouth and you are not afraid anymore to look crazy, I'm telling mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. People will realize you're not crazy because they'll say it happened to me too. And even mm -hmm. if you, even if they look at you like you're a little crazy at first, they'll remember you're crazy, right? They'll remember the craziness that that you spoke years mm -hmm. down the line and be like, "Wow." Well, you right. know, you said something very important, uh, Jennifer, and it's truth. You know, those in the world look at Christians as foolish. The mm -hmm. carnal mind doesn't understand things of the spirit. So in their minds, in their physical reality, we may look odd. Mm -hmm. We may see things that are completely not understood by them. But we're here. We're spiritual beings, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And we will and we do serve Jesus Christ. And we had uh, uh, someone just commented, yes. I love your channel. You have awesome guests and great messages. Yeah. That was by Marilyn there. Yes. Uh, Thank you, Marilyn. Yeah, yeah. That is so good. There's one thing, uh, Jennifer, I want to say before this broadcast, and I say it often. And uh, like it was about a year and a half ago, I was studying and then I was in prayer and on. I felt a tap on my left shoulder and I heard these words, don't forget me. Mm -hmm. And I know for sure it was Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, as we elevate, as we get elevated, I believe we should be more humble because anytime we feel that, wow, I'm not going to reach out to this person because I don't have the time or I don't need this person now, we have to check in immediately. But humility is so necessary in this world, but it's, it's a strength when we're vulnerable. When we're vulnerable, we're strong. So I just want to thank you once again for the wonderful work that God is doing through you in your ministry. And any last words, Rebecca, and then we'll go right back to uh, Jennifer. Yes, well, actually, I, I put up before, uh, Jennifer, you also have uh, a website, mm -hmm. a very nice website. Yes, it's called Deep Believer. Mm -hmm. Just like the channel on YouTube. 
Is that deepbeliever.com? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you can you can find uh, me at deepbeliever.com. I don't know, for some reason the right panel isn't showing up, but that's okay. That's um, okay. Uh, yeah, I think I think that panel says should Christians watch horror movies? <laughs> so yeah. you might want to tap into there and and and, and read that mm. article. And that's that's the blog. But yeah, mm -hmm. um, you can find uh, Deep Believer on YouTube at Deep Believer, and you mm -hmm. can also go to deepbeliever.com for the blog. Mm -hmm. and, and once again, your book, Jennifer. Yeah, uh, the book is my story. 30 mm -hmm. seconds. Yeah. All right. The book is my story and is not really my story because in it, this tells of my life and all the supernatural encounters. But remember I said earlier when I realized whenever I shared my testimony, other people, let me over here, other people would say, other people would uh, say that they had supernatural experiences too. Well, mm -hmm. I have people and every single at, at the end of every single chapter is somebody from around the world who's also had a similar supernatural experience. Oh, mm -hmm. So God mm -hmm. is not a God of the mundane and he doesn't choose um, special people. He chooses people who he knows he will do his will, even if it's people who we don't find to be uh, per se of uh, importance, which mm -hmm. for all the mm -hmm. points of Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. So, yeah, check it out. It's called. I saw God last night, and it also has, like I said, many people from around the world who's had similar experiences. You'll want to read this. I'm sure it'll build your faith. And where can they you, purchase the that book? That was my question. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can buy it on Amazon, or you could go to deepbeliever.com and go to the book. Okay, you're next, honey. No, I, that was my question. Where uh, where could uh, so I So I beat you to it. Yes, you did. <laughs> I, I won again. But it's been a pleasure. <laughs> And Jennifer, it's been a, uh, a real pleasure having you on with us. Mm -hmm. Very so enjoyable much. and very informative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. And thank you for thinking of me, too. I, I really appreciate it. And, and I just pray God's blessing on you and your radio station. That it will go not just to North Carolina, that more people around the world will see it and be touched by it. And that, that you will be such an influence to even the next generation. Mm -hmm. oh, and that's, yeah. uh, and again, sometimes I get it mixed up is uh willingston south carolina oh so, what did i say north carolina i but that's no problem Sorry. we can make a change here <laughs> it all of us so that is uh wucc 99.9 okay. go ahead huh? no i i just and, and also the church i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead that's no problem WCC 99.9 <laughs> FM, South Carolina, Willingston, South Carolina. Yep. With that, Pastor Henry Schaefer and Sister go. Schaefer, and also the University Parkway Church, Upcom. And if you're really yeah. seeking help for deliverance. Oh, yes. Um, Spiritual Freedom Network. And I, okay, here we go. Spiritual Freedom Network. Dot and again, when is your next broadcast so we can look at it there, Jennifer? Every Saturday morning, you will see it. Okay. And we'd love to have you come back. Yes. I would love to. I would yes. love to. Would be wonderful. I yeah. would love to. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, we're having a great guest on next. Well, they're all great to me. Uh, mm -hmm. They're great to God. But next Saturday, expect someone else is going to be really good. Someone who wow. really I admired for a very long time. He's going to be on. His name is John Finn. So you'll want to see that. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Great. Great. Thank you. Yep. And, and Jennifer, uh -huh. search out uh, Pastor Henry Schaefer Deliverance Channel. Yes. Deliverance with Pastor Henry. Okay. Check that channel out. Check that if you okay. can. Okay. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, we I thank you there, Jennifer. comment here before you leave. I just, another comment? Yeah. Okay, here. <laughs> yes, thank you, and have a blessed evening. Oh, Marilyn, we thank you, yes. Marilyn. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Marilyn. Our sentiments. Uh, ex exactly. <laughs> and we thank you there, Jennifer. Thank you. For Keep on doing God's work. Thank you, Sister Grace, all the listeners. We thank you. God bless.